Dumbass. 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 I'm Squints. I'm Lud. I'm Cody. Boneless wings are just chicken nuggets. Come on over here. Come on, coward. Coward. I know that I want to punch you in the nose. I'll beat your goddamn ass, you son of a bitch. You're an intellectual dumbass. And I'm coming. You coward. You think you're a tough guy. I hate you, coward. <laughs> We're going to defeat this anti-human scum. We're going to wreck their world. Wingstop or Buffalo Wild Wings? Ooh, uh, I'm going to have to go Wingstop, even though they have less variety here. I don't understand, because we've had so many times we've gone to Buffalo Wild Wings. I don't think I've ever gone to Wingstop with you once. There was one time where I got Wingstop when we were just... That's the thing, is it's not a restaurant, so you take it out and you bring it home. You can eat at Wingstop. You can, but I don't know if it's an ambiance that you want to be eating at. It's just wide open. I just prefer to take it out, bring it home, just like you would a pizza. I mean, I kind of like the ambiance of Buffalo Wild Wings, though, and I think they have better flavors. Every time I've had lemon lemon pepper from Wingstop, it's overrated. I just hear too many people talk about it. It's like kind of just, eh, you know what I mean? Lemon pepper? Well, the thing about Buffalo Wild Wings is just so overpriced compared to Wingstop, and I feel like you... You pay for more quality wings at Wingstop, and I don't, I don't know. I just feel like it's you know a better overall place. I mean, since we're talking about quality wings, we got to get into the conversation, the greatest debate of all time: bone in, bone in thighs, 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 or the other one. I have autism. Boneless. You have autism. autism. Are you referring to boneless wings, friends? Yeah. Well, there's uh, the drums and the flats, and then the. Uh, Oh, I think we're going too far here. I think we got to go boneless and then bone in. And then from there, we got to talk about the difference, the different categories. Well, see, the thing about that is with boneless, you have no variety. You have a fucking slab of meat right there, and then that's it. You can't put a variety on perfection, though. It's one thing. It's (laughs) only, there's no, (laughs) there's only one of a kind of that. Every boneless wing, though, is its own shape. It's, It's like a snowflake. Yeah, and it's hard to fuck up, like. You can't really mess up a boneless wing. Yeah, Julio in the back is really uh, mixing up the shapes and the uh, boneless wings out, out there. I mean, you just got to cut. It's just how the cut of the chicken breast is. And, I mean, you're getting the good meat either way, so does the shape really matter? So the butcher in the back is uh, really cutting up the uh, boneless wings? Yes. They, uh, oh, yeah. The, uh, I mean, hungry customers. <laughs> you get it right from the fresh market. You just pick up your boneless wings. They don't come refrigerated, frozen. You can impress every time, and it's the best cut of meat. See, me personally, I want to know where the meat's coming from. And when I get bone-in wings, it's right there in front of me. The proof is there. There's a there's a bone in the wing. I know where it's from. From the leg? It's from the leg. It's from it's from the bird. It's from the actual bird. I mean, I'd hope bonus is still from the bird. You, there could be anything in there, buddy. Is it processed? <laughs> like, Do you think there's like other meats that are I feel like it? I th- think there's filler. There has to be some type of filler. That's why they're so mm. cheap. I've seen so many horror stories of people finding like chicken brain or chicken like They're so or... cheap. Like, and it, that's the only explanation for this. Why would boneless wings be cheaper than bone-in wings? Very simple. Because for each chicken, you can only get two wings. You get, you get the two legs, and then you get the... Uh, the actual wings. Okay. So four total wings for one chicken. And chickens but are white women. There's a lot of breast. There's a lot of breast. There's a lot of breast on a chicken. And Not if enough you really side. wanted to get a giant wing that's just complete 100% chicken breast, I don't know if that's that's a little overkill for me. I like to have just biteless, one bite eats. You know, they could put anything in there. Like, 
It's like, just a bucket of meat, and they, you know, whip some freaking uh, seasonings and some, uh, you know, throw whatever in there and then serve it to you. So, do you eat the bone-in wing without sauce? Because you don't know what's in the sauce. You know what the bone's oh, in. Oh, no. I, I don't really care what's in the sauce. So, but you care about being healthy only by not eating the processed well, meat, but the sauce could still yes, be... Yes, because the, the meat I care more about than the actual sauce. I think we all... You're agree. still ingesting that. I am, but it's not the actual what I'm eating the wing for, but... You know, I'm eating it for the the meat, not the per se the sauce. All, all I'm the saying sauce is the icing on the cake, brother. All I'm <laughs> saying is, if you care about the healthiness, or you just want to know exactly where the meat's coming from, you should want to know exactly where the sauce is coming from too. By the way, if we're talking about the health, the chicken breast, the white meat is the healthier part of the chicken great than the dark meat. Yeah. So even if you get a little bit of filler in there, it's still healthier in the long run. Okay, can I bring up a point? Our friend Cody here likes to eat wings with a fork and a bib, so he Not doesn't get so he doesn't get doesn't get saucy. He doesn't get messy. I'm sophisticated. He I likes, don't know what to say. He likes to be nice and clean when he eats his wings. No, let's get let's get a little dirty, Cody. Let's get a, let's get in the mud. Let's get let's get those fingers a little a little uh you know let's get sauced some, up. Let's get some sauce on those fingers. You know what the, I'm saying. Anytime you eat and you get sauce on your fingers, there's only possibilities of things going badly. For that example, you we love hot wings here. I mean, I don't know if love that might be a little strong, but we're okay with it. We've all done the blazing challenge. How many times have you rubbed your fingers, rubbed your eyes afterwards, oh. and your eyes burned? Do you remember when I had that cut on my finger and I touched <laughs> that shit and I cried because it was so painful? Would that happen with a fork? That is the part. That is the fun of eating wings with your. You don't eat wings with your fingers either. So I'm going to play devil's advocate real quick. I do eat wings with my finger because I have a penis and testicles. And to play devil's advocate, Cody, when he when we go to Buffalo Wild Wings and he eats wings, he gets extremely drunk. And I don't know if that's to mask the flavor of the boneless wing. So maybe he doesn't actually like boneless wings. He just has a bland See, taste. The thing is, it's not about quality. It's not about the flavor of meat with you. It's about the accessibility how easily yeah. can i eat this oh for, for sure yeah exactly i mean so. and that that's completely what it is and that's actually why nice little segue i prefer the drums to the flat wings Ooh. is because you just take a bite into it and you get all the meat that's it you work around the bone like it's a corn on the cob but you're not having to break the bone you're not having to suck on it you're just able to get the meat and it's easy to go and Absolutely, it's about as a non-bone eat bone-in eater. You do not know the techniques of you know eating eating flats. It's a simple technique, brother. I, yeah, grab yeah. each end. Put the bone in your mouth. Grab each right. end, twist. All the meat comes off. Oh, that's interesting because that twist is way more work than you're getting with a drumstick, isn't it? It's true. So if it's, if you can't eat it with a fork and just plop it in your mouth, you don't want to eat it. That's absolutely correct. <laughs> it, it, I mean, there is an accessibility point that I had earlier about Cody, but the thing is, drums do usually have more meat, like 100%, mm -hmm. and I'm kind of on Cody's side about this. Drums are better for me. I will, <laughs> I will admit, the bites... It depends, it depends, because places like Buffalo Wild Wings, I feel like the drums do are just more meatier. So since we're talking about drums and thighs and legs and feet, I want to talk about Zion Williamson. Ooh. I'm going to let Cody start with this because I know he's excited to talk about it. <laughs> All right. So let me start off and say he's not 285, but that's a topic for another day. We'll find out at the comments. <laughs> How much does he really weigh? Oh, he can't be more than 245. But again, we'll have the combine to decide. I will be correct, and it'll be the greatest day of my life. 
So, as you've probably heard if you watch anything about sports, Zion got hurt uh, because his shoe blew out and he didn't get a very serious injury, just a sprained ankle. And everyone's saying this is a mistake. He should not be risking millions and millions of dollars to get injured. Just sit out the rest of the year. You're going to be fine. But at the same time, everyone's saying this as a people who tend to care more about Zion because they say he's a once-in-a-generation talent. They're, we're not going to find another one. He's by far the best player in this class. Which brings me to the topic, does it really matter if he's getting hurt? Would you really pass up a hurt once-in-a-generation talent if you've got the number one pick over someone else? <clears throat> My answer to that would be no, because there's so much development that goes on in the, in the league nowadays. You know, kids are coming in at 19, 18 years old. Like, they're, they're taking a shot, of course, because they're so young, but they have so many years to just, you know, sit back and, like, learn the, how to play in the NBA. And Zion's no different because, you know, it's obvious what he does at the college level. You know, he's got all the tools. He's got the he got the size. He's got the – he's got everything. He's got all the tools to be successful in the league. And I think it's obvious, even from high school. So I think, you know, even, even though they're uh, protesting Nike – after the little uh, dispute with the shoes, <laughs> have you seen that the coach were like uh, so a coach on Duke, he uh, edited out the uh, Nike symbol oh, and added Adidas. He like a really bad Photoshop edit. <laughs> oh my god! Like he just like got a colored block of his shirt and just like put it on there. With Man, the that's side. that's hilarious because those shoe brands are paying so much to the school. Like <laughs> I, I I don't know exactly what the number is, but I guess at least. 50% of their salary has to be through those shoes. How do you feel if you're Nike and you see this happen? Oh, so, well, it's got to uh, be awful. The biggest college star. <laughs> in the biggest game yeah. of the year so far? Oh, man. I don't think Nike really cares. I mean, I think their stock was down 1% for one day and then bounced right back up because Nike is the superior shoe brand. Mm -hmm. Like, you can... Yeah, go ahead, Zion. If you want to sign with Puma or New Balance, like, go ahead. But it's not going to be as flashy as exciting as it would be if you signed with Nike. Design, so design ever wear Nike again. Ooh. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, you get paid enough, you'll do anything. Uh, that's exactly why Duke was wearing Nike in the first place. There might be better shoes out there, but Nike came with a paycheck and that paycheck will make you do anything. So let's say Zion had a significant injury today. Right. Not ACL, but like a broken I don't know, some broken in his leg that, you know, is not very common that will take months and months to recover from. Maybe like a, I don't know, broken libium. The, the, libium. the injury that uh, Paul George <laughs> has. <laughs> libium. I want to eat a chicken libium. <laughs> but, but yeah, we, we saw that. Uh, we saw it with uh, Gordon Hayward and Paul George. They were out for about a year so. I mean... I think if it was something like that, if it's not something that would be career-ending, if he truly is a once-in-a-generation talent, you take him at one. You're okay with the slow development for a year or so because, as you mentioned, he's 19. Mm -hmm. So you don't see these people really... They're not even full-grown uh, when they enter the NBA. Uh, they might not be full-grown until they're 22, 23 when they're fully developed. So, I mean, if we're talking about someone who's not even fully developed yet and he has that injury, he has so much time to work out from that. So, I don't think NBA teams really think like that. I think we see that with 
well, the Suns not maybe taking the best player in the draft this past season, that they're probably looking at who's going to help me right now. And, you know, maybe Zion won't help that. But, I mean, they're tanking. Who cares about right now? <laughs> Go for the future. How would you feel gambling on a... I, I have no idea what's going on. I, I don't really <laughs> care about college basketball. I don't even like basketball anymore. Basketball got boring as of okay, last but year. Let's say you're running a franchise. Okay. And you have to put your chips on this guy who's arguably the best college player in the last, like, maybe not decade. But and now he's got a huge best, But he got a huge injury. Do you take a gamble on him in the first round? Um, you know what he can do, but he if has he fails, yeah. you're fired. <laughs> Put it that way. But I'm not gonna take that gamble. Then I, I'd prefer to keep my job if I was in that position. All right. To so be 100 with you. Yeah. So who would uh, who would you go then? I don't know anything about college <laughs> basketball. Don't ask. <laughs> throw out a name. Throw out a name. We can muster up. Yeah. Stanley Johnson. Stanley uh, Johnson. Oh, he's not even drafted. How long has he been in the league? Uh, <laughs> I think it's about 15. Three, four years. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you might be fired for that one as well. So I guess you're you're kind <laughs> of hopeless. I you're losing a... your job in the NBA. <laughs> I think he did pretty well for the Bucks. So I just yeah. <laughs> that, that's just imagine two hours he was there for the Bucks. Just imagine the squint staring at the big board and then. Mustering up Stanley Johnson <laughs> and Stanley, Stanley Johnson. Not even someone who's eligible for the draft has already been drafted. <laughs> By the way, that that uh, Stanley Johnson Bucks jersey going right up on the rafters, right next to that Carmelo Anthony I think, Bucks uh, jersey. Isn't Nick Ward pretty good from Michigan State? Uh, he's not in the top five. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're I don't really feel prepared to give some actual draft analysis for, for us, but, I mean, obviously go big three with Duke, Reddish, Barrett, Zion up there. John Morant from Murray State is going to be, he looks like Russ. Just he's six feet tall, he's dunking on everyone. Wow. So uh, there's obviously that excitement factor. So, I mean, there's some good players there. It's But I think that people I are just overreacting to the Zion. Thing because you can get some good players overall. I don't know if he truly is a once in a generation talent, but I think that if he if teams tr- think he is, have you seen how much he weighs? <laughs> oh yeah, two eighty five, quote unquote. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see on that one. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't weigh more than than what's his name, Cameron Jordan. So with that being said, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back with you. So since Squints is an intellectual dumbass when it comes to sports, actually, just cut the intellectual part out. He's a dumbass. Uh, brings me to my next topic. MVP talks are heating up in the NBA, and me and my friend Cody have a heated debate going on. He sides with Paul George. I side with my hometown. <laughs> You're born in Tucson, dude. <laughs> <laughs> my hometown, born and raised in Milwaukee, uh... He's been Giannis a Bulls fan on, for three years, by the way. Giannis used to be a Bulls fan. Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's still a Bulls fan, actually. Uh, my argument being, obviously, best team in the league. That's a huge part of MVP. I think we all can agree. Um, he wills his team to victory every every week. He has a good he has a good team around him. I'm not gonna lie, he has a good team. Bledsoe dropped thirty last night against the Lakers. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's you know that's a lot Middleton. Of support. Middleton got his all first All Pro. Um, you know he's got a great head coach, but it doesn't that doesn't speak for the fact why Giannis averages you know nine rebounds a game, twenty seven points a game, and that's all by uh that's all shooting sixty percent from the field. Right. Okay. You know what I mean. Yeah. So that's just efficiency. All right. How many players in the league can score thirty points, almost thirty points, at above fifty five percent? 
Um, not too many. Not not too many, yeah. Okay. And he plays defense. He does play pretty good defense, yeah. Not as good as Paul George, pretty but good. he plays pretty, pretty good defense. Huh? I mean, he's not going to win Defense Player of the Year this year. Is he going to get first I mean, team all, all defense? Um, probably not. I'd say the forward positions have to go Kawhi Leonard. So the fact that you... Uh, Took some time to think about that. I mean, I, I had really to consider speaks, it. But... Really speaks, uh, really speaks to his defense, huh? He could be second team, yeah, but that's you know not first team. He's you know, but you know who is going to be on first team all defense as well as winning defensive player of the year? Who's that? Paul George, Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook, please. All right, so brought up some very good points, and let me just say for the record, it. To me, I think it's more of a 1A and 1B between Harden and Paul George. But, I mean, if I have to argue Paul George, then I have to argue Paul George. So, the points, you brought up some very good points here. And Giannis is very dominant. He could take over the game at any point. So, I just wanted to try to look and compare the two side-by-side as far as how dominant they were from scoring the basketball as far as points scored and see who really had the more impressive stretch. So... Let me start off with Paul George, all right, who is second in the league in scoring. All right, so he has had, I would consider, over 30 points to be a very, very good scoring night, right? 30 points is quite a, quite a lot. If you shoot the ball 28 times. All right, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> it so, does matter. So Paul George, and as far as helping his team win, that's another important part, obviously. Paul George has gotten over 30 points. 25 times this year. You want to know what the Thunder record is in those 25 games? What's that? 21 and 4. That, if you take it into a full 82-game season and pace it out that way, would be 69 wins. (laughs) Yeah, very nice, right? So I did the same thing with Giannis because I, again, need to compare the two. And Giannis had a very good record, too. Not as good. But 15 and 5. So that would pace out to be about where the Bucks are right now. So the Bucks are a really good team. That, that would make sense. But then I was looking at the teams Giannis did that against. And man, you, I, I'm just going to go ahead and list. So Paul George didn't score 30 again. He scored 30 only against good teams. I'll, I'll get to that. Oh, okay. So let's, let's just go to Giannis's. All right, I'm going to count the teams that are in the Zion sweepstakes right now. Just the teams that are in the Zion sweepstakes that are under 500 god-awful teams. Ready? Cleveland, Washington, Washington, Chicago, Phoenix, Charlotte, Knicks, Hawks, uh, Pistons, Knicks, Grizzlies, Knicks, and the Mavericks. So if you weren't counting, of those 20 games, that's 13 that are against god-awful teams that Giannis is just, it doesn't even matter what Giannis is doing. So he dominates, playing, he dominates he, bad teams? He dominates is bad that teams. Is your argument? That is exactly what Giannis does. He so doesn't he doesn't, dominate against he doesn't good do teams. good against good teams. Right. Well, he doesn't do as good as Paul George. And so that's kind of what you'd expect. All right? He's obviously going to do good against the bad teams. So I was expecting to see the same thing when I looked at Paul George. I'm going to do the opposite here. I'm going to go against all the teams that are really good, that are above 500, that Paul George could score over 30 on. Are you ready? Yeah. Brooklyn, Portland, Houston, Utah, Sacramento, Utah again. Uh, the Lakers, when they had uh, LeBron James. Portland, Boston, Portland, Milwaukee. Interesting. Clippers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, and that's it. 
Huh. So. You're missing a huge point, though. What is what is that? How many times does Paul George shoot a game? Uh, it doesn't matter. The, the, these are times. Oh, I didn't mention the team's record in those games. Wait, so shooting twenty three times all a but game. One of those games. Shooting twenty three times a game and averaging twenty eight points is good. If you win, if you win, yeah. And Paul George, when he scores a lot okay, of points, but, his team wins. But Giannis does. But too. the Bucks win more. The Bucks win more overall because the Bucks are a better why? team than the Thunder are. But Paul George is shooting so great. How, how are they not winning? They are winning all the games where Paul George scores a lot of points. Uh, but when he scores, he has to, how many times he has to shoot the ball to score thirty points? More than Giannis, but around. But he has more thirty-point games than Giannis does, and they have a better record when he shoots when he scores more than thirty. But he's better support. He's not as efficient as, as efficient as Giannis. It's, that's what that's it comes going down to. to happen. But if you look at Paul George's efficiency, the fact that he's shooting forty-one percent. From three. What, what does his shooting numbers look like the past month? Uh, they not too like, good. They, and they like are Russell losing. Way. They are losing they because like he's not shooting that bad. They look like Westbrooks. So, that was one argument. Okay, so let's get this straight. Giannis is more efficient scorer. Right. He rebounds. Mm-hmm. He plays, in your eyes, tier two defense. Yeah. And he has a better team. He has a better team, but that's the thing that people just need to put away. The whole best best guy on the best team automatically wins MVP because as I'm trying to point out, when you look at the individual numbers in the individual games, Paul George is performing in a way that would appear like he is more important to his team's success. Of course Giannis has more help and his team is going to be better. But Giannis isn't performing well against the good teams. He's performing well against the god-awful teams. So he didn't do good last night? He didn't score more than 30 last night. You know who the leading scorer was? So, so. so four for eight and Why would he only take points? eight shots? He's supposed to be the MVP and he's only taking eight shots? I mean, he doesn't need to score every bucket. All right, you know who does need to score for his team to win? Paul George, because Paul George is the MVP. Well, he's shooting 30 shots a game and he's making 12 of them. So. He is not making 30 <laughs> shots a game, but he's scoring a lot of points. So another thing I just wanted but to look at... But the thing is, how do you argue for Paul George when Harden is obviously a better scorer? Because Paul George is going to win Defensive Player of the Year. But all the arguments you're making is that they need him. Mm-hmm. That's like they, they need him that's on Harden, the offensive end. That's Harden on steroids. All right, yeah, they, sure. They that's do. Harden times two. And I would be okay with Harden winning MVP. So just but not the difference <laughs> is the tiebreaker for all of this is Paul George needs his team, or the Thunder need Paul George on offense, but he's also going to win Defensive Player of the Year. He's going to be Depoy. And how can you say, as far as two-way players, how you can do better than being second in scoring on offense and being the best defensive player? How do you do better than that? Um, you're on the best team in the league. You're on the best. All right, so there it is. So the best. <laughs> so you're in that whole mindset that the best player on the best team should win MVP, and we got to get out of that. We got to be smarter than this. This is 2019. We got to drop the dumbass and be more intellectual. <laughs> That's all we need. I mean, Giannis is almost shooting 60 percent, minusing. He has one less point than Paul George. He's again. having a very good year, and I will have no problem getting him the third place. I just don't though. understand. Like, you're saying he's such his dominant scorer when Giannis is averaging one less point a game. Yeah. I because, just don't understand. Because Paul George won. How many How many more field goals a game does Paul George have than Giannis? Estimate. Um, as far as made? No, as far as attempts. Uh, maybe. How many more times does, Gian, does he have to score? To How, how many times does... 
he have to shoot the ball to score one more point than Giannis a game? Um, it's not going to be that much. Maybe it two is going to be that much. He no, is, maybe he two is the three. second most. He's the you, second you, most behind you Harden. You forget. You forget how mu- how many points you get with a three point shot hitting at forty percent. I'm looking how at the that career just limits the field goal attempts. I'm looking at the season averages. All right, so field goal and percentage. Paul George has one more is point. The most important thing when it comes to you have to be efficient and be on a good team. I I just. I don't understand because if you're really looking at field goal percentage, the leader in field goal percentage this year is Andre Drummond. Is Andre Drummond MVP? Is he like is he averaging 27 points though? Uh, no, he's not. Yeah, okay, all right. And how, <laughs> but how much help does Andre Drummond have? Not a lot. Not a lot. How, how, how many how more? Much, how much help is Malcolm Brogdon, Eric Bledsoe, Brooke Lopez? We're the best team. Best team. Without yeah, without a doubt. You have the coach of the year. You have maybe the most improved player in Brogdon. You have. You have everything that the Bucks can ask for, which, by the way, the Bucks are a much improved team because they're shooting the ball better. I, I, I just don't know where else to go with this. What's what makes the wheels turn of the Bucks? Mike Budenholzer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I guess that's as good as we're getting. We'll let uh, Squints and the listener decide on this one. But I gave it all I had. What do you think, Squints? Who do you think? Um, uh, I think that we should put it to Twitter. When I uh, make the intellectual dumbass uh, Twitter, we're going to put a poll and we're going to see go. what happens. But using logic and you know data and facts, like uh, good old Shapiro, bro, I'm going to go with Paul George here. Paul George, all right. I, I, I kind of end with Cody. we got to put you know the past in the past. The best player on the best team should not always be the MVP. But that's how exactly I feel. Now, we're going to move on to our next topic. Um, we Transition had sounds. a... We're going to put a transition. That's what it's going to sound like. I'm going to go, and it's going to go. Man, if we had a, if I had my slide whistle. Go get it. I don't know where it's at. Uh, so, about a month ago, Donald Trump announced that he was going to have a summit, his second summit with Kim Jong-un in, in Hanoi. And that happened about two or three days ago. They met. They had dinner. Everything went good the first night. The second night, actually the second day. They had a uh, meeting. They were supposed to have lunch. That lunch got canceled. And eventually they were supposed to have a signing meeting. And that got canceled as well. Donald Trump came out and said that talks did not go as well as he should, as it should have. Um, he was not willing to give up as many sanctions as they were willing to denuclearize. Dumbass. There wasn't a total denuclearization part to Kim's agreement. So the sanctions weren't going to be completely removed. Following that, about... Maybe 9 a.m. yesterday, I saw a headline saying that the U.S. was going to stop drilling with South Korea on that peninsula. And I kind of got rubbed the wrong way. So I I, brought, I, saw, I was talking to Cody about this, and he actually had a different um, view on this. He kind of thought it wasn't such a bad idea. Is that right, Cody? Uh, that That's right. So I, I just – obviously Trump and the timing of all this would indicate there had to be some sort of positive momentum. Even though you didn't get anything on paper – uh, it's the fact that he would do this right after meeting with them tells me that he, he got something done from this. Um, so even though it's not on paper, I'm okay with it. But I think at the same time, why is the U.S. always doing the work that the U.N., which we set up and we had a, a big, big part of, why are we doing their job all the time? Well, I'm going to go back to what you first said before I continue. I do believe that an unwritten agreement is a bad thing to do with Kim Jong-un. Because he's not a trustworthy person. And secondly, in regards to the UN, I don't really trust the rest of the world would actually do their job. And it should be America's job to protect our economic allies with our military 
especially if they're threatened by a lunatic like Kim Jong-un. I have no trust in that man. I don't care if it's written or unwritten agreement. I think it's completely bullshit. I do think it's good that he's taking taking steps into you know the diplomatic arena by even showing up and talking to Donald Trump. Maybe he's just doing that to solidify himself as a world leader. However, I, I really don't feel confident with him at all. And I, I think even if the UN won't do their job, we have to protect our allies because they're an economic and moral interest. This is the double-edged sword with Trump, isn't it? Yeah. That he... No one wanted him to win the election because they thought he was going to be showing his big red button to everyone on, on North Korea. And now here he is. He's working with North Korea. Now it's always oh, working with him too much. What is Trump doing? I feel like it's just, I mean, if, if uh, Obama was to take the step, and it wasn't Trump, just I, Obama. taking Obama out of it. Yeah, Mo Obama. If you want to take every politician that we've ever had that did this deal, I'm sure they would be okay with it. I think that we just got to just let Trump do his thing. I mean, this is the exact opposite of what people were complaining about. He's listening to his constituents, and he's he's not flaunting around his big red button anymore. Well, in the 1990s, Bill Clinton had an agreement with Kim Jong-il, and they just started their process of you know enriching uranium to actually you know develop nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. And they struck a deal that they would stop doing that, and there would be less sanctions. And about five years later, North Korea just backed away from the deal. Because that's what North Korea does. They don't give a damn about world opinion. They don't care about public opinion. They just want to do everything in their own survival interests just for the Kim dynasty, just for the Kim family. Because they don't give a fuck about their own people. And I just don't think there's any kind of trust towards that. Now, you said this is what Trump does. I, I kind of agree, whereas he's unpredictable. And I don't know if that's always a good thing. His unpredictability led to them leaving that summit with nothing being done. If they wanted to have a summit, they should have the goals and an agreement already in place so this would actually be productive why the fuck did he just fly out to Vietnam for no reason, in my opinion? Well, that's also, Trump wrote about that, is that you never, you got to be unpredictable, that way you get your way, um, because they, when you show up at the meeting the next time, you're going to, uh, they're, they're going to be more inclined to really take the time and listen to everything you have to say, because if you get up and leave at any point, that's got to be uh, be unpredictable. Be unpredictable to get your own way. It doesn't seem that way, because we just stopped drilling with South Korea. Now, that being said, our military is still there. Excellent. We should not take away our military, in my opinion, from south from that peninsula. Um, just to protect our own allies and to keep pressure on China. Because if we have you know military presence in that area, it kind of checks China. However, I just don't see the benefit of walking away and then taking away drills. We should always be prepared in that area. I, like, there's no... I don't see a positive outcome out of this. I, I don't understand how you do. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think we just got to wait and see. I mean, we, we don't really know uh, what's going to happen, but, again, the timing of it makes it seem like we should just, you know, give Trump a little time. He has uh, done better than I think people would expect in the North Korea realm. And, I agree. And I, I think that we should just, you know, let him have it. And this is better than being unpredictable, irra- irrational, Gandhi nuke Trump, right? <laughs> Gandhi nuke Trump. That's a Civ <laughs> reference, huh? Um, I do just want to say that, yeah, he has... Having diplomatic reaching outs, like being willing to actually reach out is better than doing nothing whatsoever. Right. I just want to see an outcome. So that's really where I'm going to leave that at. So, yeah, right. And I guess as far as that second part, we're in a globalized world. South Korea is outreaching way further than just the U.S. 
I mean, they held the Olympics in South Korea. Yeah, I was there. So, I mean, like, the whole world kind of cares about South Korea. It's not just the U.S., which leads me back again. Who's going to take care of that, though? Who's going to be protecting? The United Nations should be taking care of this. But they don't do their job. They don't do their job. So why is it here? Why are we giving so much money to the U.N. to do nothing? Well, I was looking at some statistics uh, maybe a few days ago that we give about $10 billion of support to the U.N. We basically fund... A quarter of the United Nations. Right. I, I 100% agree with you that we shouldn't do that if there's going to be no net benefit. It's just throwing money away. I don't understand. Some people say we can use that for the wall. I don't really like the wall. <laughs> Some people say we can use that money for other things. I prefer to see other things being used with like that $10 million because that's a lot of money. What, um, would, what would you do with $10 billion, Lud? I'd build a goddamn wall, goddammit. There we go. Cocaine hookers. <laughs> so I, I think it's time we should get a hold of our guest, huh? Yeah, I think, uh, I'm sure everyone who is listening to this point is wondering where the heck Porky is. I'm going to give him a call right now. Let's see what he says. So there's been a lot of talk about AB this week. Um, he said quite a few things about his former quarterback. Do you have anything to say about that, Sean? Antonio Brown has lost his mind. Without Ben Roethlisberger, who is a Hall of Fame level quarterback, he actually led the NFL in yards last year. I don't think Antonio Brown has the career he's had. He's he's barely six feet tall. He was a sixth round pick for a reason. Character issues. He was a slight build. Went to a small school. Um, he's obviously an incredible player, but at the same time, Ben Roethlisberger is the leader of that team. Uh, I would certainly let him date my daughter. And um, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, he's a pretty hard worker compared to AB, huh? Absolutely. Big Ben respects women more than Antonio Brown as well. Yeah, that's definitely true. He, he respects women in all places, especially public bathrooms. What do you think about A.B. saying he doesn't need the game of football? Well, I'm not sure what other marketable talents Antonio Brown has. Clearly, he was not good enough to advance very far on that masked singer show. Um <laughs> You know, I believe he did. He may have. Did he graduate college at at, uh, at Central Michigan? I'm not entirely sure. So, I mean, Antonio Brown has made a lot of money so far, and he wants to make even more money. That's that's the goal of what this whole all these shenanigans are. The Steelers are a team that notoriously doesn't guarantee contracts beyond the first year. So he, he's just trying to make more money. He's trying to force the Steelers to send him somewhere where he can he can make money. Really. Do you think AB's blonde mustache is not marketable? <laughs> I, I don't understand that mustache, man. It looks it looks weird. What's what's the nickname he wants everyone to call call him by now? Like Big Chest or something uh, like that? Big, big Chest, yeah. Big Chest. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think the man the man has certainly lost a few marbles. Uh, maybe Vontae's perfect rattled uh, rattled some of his brain cells way back when and he's never recovered. Is this a marketable thing for the NFL, for the NFLPA to get a trillion dollars from the NFL about their CTE case? Just they they show up to court, they have one thing written, they just say Antonio Brown, and that's it. Do they know, have a just, case to win a billion dollars <laughs> on that? This the cert, it certainly looks to be a case uh, a, a case study or a prime example of what what concussions do and how. How the game of football has has turned Antonio Brown into a thug. <laughs> now, do you think there's any possibility or chance of him, you know, landing on a team with his former teammate uh, Le'Veon Bell? Just for money reasons, not really, because Antonio Brown's deal isn't—it's not exactly cheap. If a team were to take him on, there's still, I think, two or three years left on it. 
and Le'Veon Bell obviously wants to get paid $20 million, something like that. Very few teams can afford that cap space. The only ones are really the, the Colts, the Jets, and the Niners, and the I, I doubt the Colts and the uh, Niners would be interested in, in, in uh, Le'Veon Bell because they already have some other players on there, but you know, if, if Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown went to the Jets, I think that would be quite a quite a circus. What do you think about Leif Fitzgerald calling out AB, saying that he doesn't really know how good he has it in in the Steelers? Oh, that's I mean, look at Larry Fitzgerald's quarterbacks. He's had how many? John Skelton, Drew Stanton, Ryan Lindley, Kevin Cobb, just a litany of garbage quarterbacks through his entire career. Where Antonio Brown, I think, has caught passes from what three or four, and ninety nine percent of his passes are from Antonio are from uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Just, just from that. Shut up, cracker. Shut up. Shut up, cracker. With that being said, that will be the end of our show. Thank you for listening to the intellectual dumbasses. Dumbass. 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 Dumbass.